Hello there, multiverse. I am Dayspring. And I'm Madrox, and welcome to our What If Minisode coverage. We are going to break down every episode this season of What If. Every week, you'll have me, your favorite Minisoden, along with Dayspring, and a different guest to help us dissect every single frame of this fantastic show. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hope you survive the experience. Guys, Daryl and I are so excited for this episode, not because it's the Marvel Zombies one, but because we have two very special guests. One of them I happen to be blood related to, and you've heard him before. It's Nightfall. Hi guys, I'm a blast from your past. I'm here to tell you, it's just gas. Nightfall. <laughs> you rehearsed that. You rehearsed that. You're like, oh, so chill. I don't have any notes. And look, there you. Go. The second the camera goes on, I have no outline. Camera starts. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> and does. Oh and our other guest is someone from the Power of X-Men community. We've been planning a Runaways episode for some time. Yes. It's going to happen <laughs> eventually. But we met IRL, I guess, like a month and a half, two months ago. Yes. Summer summer season meetup for the girls. Um, <laughs> yes, I don't have a fun, quirky entrance. Uh, <laughs> did not rehearse. Uh, but yes, my name is uh, I'm Alex Tucker. Uh, thank you for having me, everybody. Oh, we're happy to have you. I think I'm really excited to talk about this one. Um, a peek behind the scenes, this is the only episode I've watched twice so far <gasps> in the season. It, it was so good. So I'm excited to hear everyone's reactions in general to it. Um, so let's dive in. Alex, walk us through your reactions to see Marvel Zombies on the screen. So first, let me just say, Marvel Zombies is a comic, I guess, series of comics is something I have somewhat of a connection to because when I, this is like one of the first comics I was really obsessed with as like a kid. I was like, I was like seven. I was like, what? They're doing this. They're making them like evil. I was like, okay, all right. Kind of fun. Um, and looking back on them now, uh, I still think they're pretty enjoyable. So I was very excited to see this like finally be adapted. And I, I had a few worries because I knew it was going to be on Disney Plus. And I was like, well, I don't know how well they're going to be able to do a Marvel zombie story on disney plus but i think they kind of they did pretty good for the most part i agree um there i mean it obviously wasn't like walking dead levels of like oh my god but i think for what they were able to do i was pretty impressed oh i loved it i mean much like you i like grew up i mean day spring you remember this we would go to barnes and noble like practically every friday and i would always go through like the comic book section and like i would see uh marvel zombies a lot actually around that time and i was always fascinated by it also i was like young and even though like our mom was like you're not allowed to see anything mature i was over here watching like resident evil and all the playing all these mature games so it was like i'll just read it here while i'm at barnes and noble (laughs) the barnes and noble at sunset place Mm. oh now everyone knows where we are no i'm (laughs) well where we were back in the day or something i think it's gone you know no Um, one wants to stalk you right i know but (laughs) but um i remember i you know that was one big series i loved seeing and also as like a sidebar uh deadpool kills the marvel universe was another one i really liked a lot too so like i've always loved crossovers i love 
multiverse ideas. Um, I think this episode was, there was a lot. I wasn't expecting there to be so much content and so much mm-hmm. kind of like Easter eggs thrown in, but there was a lot of like stuff that I oh, was and like, it's only 32 oh. minutes. Yeah. I was like, how they're really just milking this idea. They're, like, they want to throw everything <laughs> and the kitchen sink into it. Oh my so God. I, I mean, that's like one of the things I, I picked up on too. I was like, they are like, they are putting every 20 to 30 minutes or so of television. Oh yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I'm going to agree with what you said, Alex, where I was kind of curious how they were going to adapt it because the original Marvel Zombies was so iconic. It started in the Ultimate Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, and everyone thought this was going to be the 616 Ultimate Universe crossover. People were so angry on the message boards. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, Joe Casada, you lied. You said that you would only cross over these two universes when you ran out of ideas. And here you are so early on. And it turned out to be literally such a surprise. And the Greg Land art was so nice back then. Like Greg Land, when he did Marvel Zombies, or excuse me, the Ultimate Fantastic Four and Phoenix Song, his art was good. And then he just came on like a really rush schedule. Mm-hmm. So I was curious how they were going to do this. I, I do have feelings on how it came about. I agree. They packed a lot in here. It felt like a Marvel movie to me. I feel that if they wanted to take this concept, they could have made this a two-hour movie. For you, Ryan. <laughs> and I was glued to the screen because it was so fast-paced and they crammed so much in. You had to watch every single frame, mm-hmm. really understand the whole plot line and how it was going. Um, because I felt halfway through the episode that that could have been an episode. And yeah. it felt like it was an hour long and it was 15 minutes because they sort of drew some things to a close, like they resolved some of the stuff and then it expanded even wider. And some of the visuals they had in there were just amazing. Um, when you had Wanda roll up and do zombie magic. And I know there are questions out there too about, well, how can they still sort of know how to utilize their powers, even though they are the undead? Um, I think that's just the flavor of what Marvel zombies are, that it's not your Night of the Living Dead. They're not just wandering around looking for brains. It's more high level than that. They still preserve their functions which I think lends itself to some really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think intuitively, just like they know how to walk and, and move, they know how to use their powers. But in terms of plot and how they, they kicked it off, I just want to say two words. Fuck Wasp. Once again, Wasp destroys another universe. because, And it's Michelle Pfeiffer Wasp. And you know how much I love, Daryl, you know how much I love yeah. Michelle Oh, I can't say too bad at Michelle, but you know, but she in, was, the ori- in the original book, she was the only one that got Magneto. That's so true. She's, she's always causing problems as a zombie. Yeah, that's right. In the original comic, she is the floating head in a jar mm-hmm. at the end with, I forgot with about that. yeah, with Fabian Cortez. But once again, Janet Van Dyne destroys an entire universe. (laughs) And she's just like, oh, ha, ha, ha. But I thought that was pretty clever how they utilized the world building they've done in the MCU to create that zombie infection. And and I can believe how, like, when Cap gets off the Quinjet, that they're able to get him so quickly because he's not he doesn't know what to expect. And, you know, 
he was already microscopic. Yeah. Uh, is he yellow jacket? I'm, I'm totally forgetting well, what Hank Pym is. I will say, I think it's funny. This is like the second episode where Hank Pym just ruins yeah, everything. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I guess the beginning of the infection uh i thought that was pretty fun too because like the avengers all get off their plane and they're like all right guys let's get this done and then they all get infected like immediately so uh that was entertaining what did you guys think of the sebastian stan shower scene oh i mean we got bucky with the good hair back and (laughs) and he was showering and this is like that was fan service it, it was fan service. It was borderline softcore, and I'm okay with it. I, I thought it can't be too mad. <laughs> I love that they incorporated, like, because I knew, I saw from the trailers that they were going to have Spider-Man in this episode, so I was really curious to what extent kind of, like, they were going to put him in. I, you know, and I love, what I love about, like, these kind of horror or more, like, uh, R-rated multiverse ideas is, like, they always, they always put Spider-Man as, like, the one they want to like kill off immediately. They want to do like the most like horrific thing to Spider-Man because that's going to have the biggest impact on the audience. And I feel like the MCU universe is definitely not going to go down that road just yet. They're like, no, 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 no. We want to run this as best as we can before we start like entertaining this idea. Um, but I liked his involvement a lot. I thought it was funny. I think I liked the, the little stop motion kind of like how to survive the zombie apocalypse. And that was like really clever and kind of funny for his uh we did get a very big first mcu moment for spider-man in this episode which i was not expecting we got an uncle ben mention yeah i didn't even get those in the we didn't even get those in the first two movies and uh i I will keep it brief but you know a lot of people said like you know we're not asking to see uncle ben get murdered again but you know just a little mention would be nice and we didn't get those in the first two movies so to get it in that episode of what if i was like hey I'll take it. The only two instances I can think of that Ben was alluded to was his suitcase in Far From Home has, you know, the his initials, Ben's initials on it. And I think in the first one, Peter said something to the fact like, no, May can't know she's been through enough already. So, mm-hmm. you know, those two very like, but this is the first time we actually get like a Ben Parker reference. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I literally turned to my husband and I was like, oh, they mentioned Uncle Ben. Finally, the first time ever. It was a big moment. And again, in an episode of What If, I was not expecting. But hey, I will take it. I think that's like a, a kind of on that note, I really enjoyed kind of the random gang of like, I guess, survivors that they had going together. Uh, I thought it was a good mix up of different characters from across like different, I guess, series. Um, Rips and my girl, Sharon. <laughs> she i feel so bad for this poor woman uh she just keeps getting the short end of the stick in every disney plus show and i'm not even a big like fan of her but like she just gets nothing well the Uh, description the description of her when peter was doing that wasn't the last thing like eulogizer or something like that as her descriptor yeah or big on eulogies so she gets nothing she right. gets no. I mean, what what did they say? They're like, oh, I got Sharon juice on me, or I got Sharon on me. I was like, oh, like come. <laughs> woman, I was like, this woman just died. Yeah, I mean, it's such a big deal when Hope dies. Yeah, you know, and I'm everyone's not, like, oh, uh huh. I'm like, no, Emily Van Camp is light years better. Give the that's give- what I and after Winter Soldier, this I'm like, this woman needs a break. But 
that's like one kind of problem. I, if I did have a problem with this episode, it probably would have been tone. And uh, I think it, it wasn't that big a deal, but like, you know, even with like the whole Sharon joke, I was like, well, but, you know, I'm not asking this to be like deadly serious. Like this is superheroes. Like I get that, but like it felt almost a little too jokey. I think they could have leaned think- in a little bit more into kind of that darker tone because it's a zombie apocalypse. Like it's not a real, you I know, think- fun fest. I think it does kind of help though with um, like the overall theme of the episode because it was a darker tone. Like, I mean, it's like we're seeing the the heroes die basically. Like they're getting, you know, mutilated, especially as zombies and they're kind of being, you know, like there's all this like, edgy kind of war happening so I think the humor was very much welcomed I will say it leaned a lot more into it but I kind of I liked the humor aspects because it did break up kind of mm-hmm. the the overall melancholy tone especially how serious a lot of the subplots were what I will say and I think this is going to be rather contentious especially considering my background on this uh podcast I actually didn't enjoy the Wanda vision so <laughs> Wait, wait, let me explain. Let me hang explain. on, hang on, eject. Because, because <laughs> Wanda comes in and she's like treated as this like, ooh, she's, oh my God, there's something in the basement. Like, oh, don't go down there. You're going to die in that house kind of situation. Like, you know, and then for what? She shows up for like two seconds and like does her little magic, chaos magic, and then fights the Hulk off screen basically for like the last portion. It felt rushed. Like, I think, like, it could have been one person versus the two of them. It could have just been one other individual that was revealed to have to bite and then bite them or something like that. It didn't have to go down this whole... I think that would have been a great thing to have as a second what-if episode to continue the the zombie uh, story. I think that would have been cool to expand upon that more versus kind of throwing her in last minute, in my opinion, at least. I kind of liked it because I loved seeing how destructive of a couple Vision and Wanda are. Like, they really are that hot mess couple. (laughs) Crash your party, drink all your wine, argue, fight, break up in front of you, take separate Ubers home, and the next day are perfectly fine. You know, so I was okay with that. I'm shocked they didn't get Elizabeth Olsen to do the grunt work, you know? Mm, But I wonder, here. this is the thing I was wondering. One, how much was this done in advance of WandaVision? And second, secondly, were they cashing in on that Wanda craze right now? And they kind of shoehorned her in there. I don't know the answers to that, but I'm curious, did they know or uh, when they were doing it that Wanda was this popular and they just threw her in there? I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to say no, because I think she would have had a speaking role. Yeah, I think I agree with Ryan in that. Uh, it's, it came in really late. And they definitely could have devoted more time with it. And that's kind of what I was saying. It's like a lot is going on in this episode. It does at some point feel a little bit rushed. But yeah, they they need to go to couples counseling or <laughs> something. I this is just this is not healthy. One thing I did like was uh the T'Challa bit was straight from the book. Yeah. Really. Now that's yeah. kind of fun. Uh so I, I enjoyed that. Um and that whole section, it, yeah, Wanda could have done a little more. You know, she she was like, she was holding her own. But like, I was like, she's like one of the strongest characters in the Marvel Universe. And she's just kind of like moving people a little bit. Uh, so I don't know. It was fun. You know, I loved 
what I really enjoyed about this series and specifically in this episode too with the what if is how they kind of reinterpret a lot of characters so differently but there's logic behind their actions right like we've come to know vision as kind of very stoic but understanding and very kind of um nice so to see him kind of almost go down this very dark hole like taking you know black panther and basically mutilating him to feed his like deceased wife that's a zombie is a very like morbid topic but it's within reason and logic in the current universe and i loved that every episode something i really enjoyed is like we, we've all grown up with multiverse ideas. We've all grown up with seeing the weirdest things happen and heroes turning into villains and all this stuff. But for the MCU fans, the people that have only watched the movies really, they've never really seen a lot of these kinds of crazy stories. So as each what if episode progresses, you kind of see like the reality unhinge a little bit. And they're showing kind of just how far a multiverse idea can go. Like the first one was like, oh, Peggy Carter as, you know, Captain America instead of, you know, Steve Rogers, that kind of shows like this parallel, like, okay, it's a basic concept anyone can grasp. But then you get to like, you know, Doctor Strange destroying reality and then literally like zombie apocalypse and all these like characters and how they interact with them. It, it's really kind of cool to see how they're like easing the, the fandom into understanding what can happen. And when you see characters like, you know, Vision who again, would never do this in the current universe doing it now and even dr strange and how he interpreted everything it's really refreshing to see them kind of like not be afraid to push the boundaries of what these characters can do and how they should be um within the respective story so i i feel like this episode was definitely like a solid b for me just because it was really well done i just think like wanda's segment could have been and vision could have been saved for like another part to like really expand on that idea. Like what could she do as a zombie with reality warping powers, you know? I think, well, okay. I think they, it's very likely, I feel that they are going to do another zombies episode in season two. Because oh yeah. Hopefully. I, I, with that ending, I feel like you have to. But that's like one of my, I, I kind of wish they just had a nice little non cliffhanger ending because zombie Thanos you can't leave me there. You cannot leave me there. Zombie. And he has the. He has like most of the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. I, and the Mind Stone is right there. Yeah, it's right there. How's that gonna go? Why was he there? Um, I don't entirely understand. I feel like the timeline. I'm not like that mad at it, continuity wise. I'm. I don't know. A little confusing, but hey. Uh, I, I thought about the timeline too. So it's the beginning of Infinity War, obviously, because Bruce lands on Earth. But yeah, I was like, how did he get there in the end? Because the Mind Stone wasn't in Wakanda. Yeah, hang Which on. was the only reason Thanos was there in the movie. Yeah. But I, I don't think it matters that much. But we just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> Zombie Thanos, I would like to see more of, but we will see. Yeah, so he has all of the Infinity Gems except for the Mind Stone. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I mean, like, let's see where it goes. I Look, it was, I think they just, this episode in particular paid so much homage to what was in the MCU, like that fight between, like, Hulk and Wanda, paralleled, you know, Thanos. Obviously, the beginning was a different take on what would happen in Infinity War. So... I'm curious to see what they want to do. I'm with you on that. It's obvious they're going to dip back into this well in season two. 
And uh, where do they really go? Like they, uh, just like you said, Dayspring, they reference so much stuff in the MCU that I think they're going to have to come up with more of their original stuff now going forward, which is fine. There's plenty of source material and they can do it. Um, but they really eliminated a lot of the big heroes. So maybe this is a way for them to incorporate some of the new phase four heroes into their storytelling next season. Maybe we see Shang-Chi show up. Yeah. Um, there are plenty. I mean, it's the MCU. Throw a rock and you're going to hit a superhero. So they have plenty more to draw upon, but they really it took a lot of the major players out, which I think is a theme with this season. No matter where you go, if they're eliminating people, they're eliminating like the original Avengers time and again. So I think this is them really underscoring that it's a new era. And this sort of gives them a great pivot into that new era for their next Zombies episode. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I, I think there is such a, like what you were saying, like this well is one that they can come back to. And I think no matter what, people are going to love a zombie story. It did to, to echo what Alex was saying. It, it, it was a bit of a safe episode, in my opinion. They could have leaned into that, darker zombie you know like vibe like like i'm just thinking of like not that i ever want to compare a disney plus show to invincible but invincible oh, yeah. went there on an animated front i i would have wanted a little bit more from this episode it felt more like sunset overdrive that video game yeah. on xbox where it was like oh there's an apocalypse haha but we're stylized and we're happy you know it's it's a fun time it felt more like that, which is fine. That's a perfectly fine experience to have. But like the original comic book, it's dark. Like T'Challa is there captured. They're eating off his leg, you know? And I guess we kind of got that with Wanda, but like there was no mistaking that's what was going on. At Magneto, when Wasp, fucking Wasp, comes in and bites him, he says his last words are like, I hope you choke on me, motherfuckers, or whatever <laughs> he says. And then they literally just eat Magneto right there. So... I'm curious to see if they'll go there. But, oh, one thing I did want to mention was I think everyone's here except uh, Tom Holland and, and Steve Rogers, even though I don't remember hearing Steve Rogers speak apart from being a zombie. But no, I, I actually I did look uh, into that. Uh, actually, I have the article up right now. So basically, I think you're right. Spider-Man and uh, Cap were not their actors, but everybody else came back. So like Paul Bettany, Chadwick Boseman uh even even for emily van camp <laughs> she came back and it didn't uh, sound like her i'm you know one of the things and daryl you know this i've been having trouble with the voice actors because like like christine palmer i didn't know that was rachel mcadams at first i, I was like, either i was like oh it kind of they're they're trying to mimic her voice but i'm like wait but is it and it was yeah, I've really found myself watching the opening credits for this show every single episode to see which original people are back that I can expect to hear. And I've never done that with a show before. Um, why are we so invested in the in the actors voicing them? I don't know why. It's it like with WandaVision, we were obsessed with the episode count. Absolutely. Yeah. Excuse me. I, and, I mean, I think the people that have been like replacements have done a pretty good job. Yeah. Uh, like, Captain America, uh, voiced by Josh Keaton, who was in uh, the greatest Spider-Man show ever made, Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, he was Cap. He did a great job. Uh, 
Lake Bell, who is Poison Ivy on the Harley Quinn show. She did Black Widow. I think she was very good. Um, I don't remember who played Spider-Man in this episode, but he sounded like Tom Holland. So Hudson Thames, I think. Oh, yes. Apparently he... Okay, no, I found him in the article now. He was in, like, Mad Men. Okay. Um, so, good for I him. Que bueno. Que bueno. Good for him. Um, to go off of what you were saying, Dayspring, about the, like, the, like, pushing it, that's something I will, like, in terms of, like, the horror and animation aspects, like, um, that's something I kind of have been noticing and critiquing with each episode is, you know, like, my partner and I will sit here and we'll watch and it's like, oh, they're not showing blood, like, are they trying to be more PC, like, you know, and, and family friendly, but then they're doing, like, a zombie episode where people are getting, like, dismembered and all stuff, so it's kind of, like, confusing in terms of, like, what they're, uh, what they're pitching, but um, I think, like, with the animation, at the very least, like, it's kind of a little safe, like, they're not pushing what they could be doing, especially with 3D models, like, the, the way you can animate them, the exaggeration you can kind of, like, push, and the smearing, like, you can do a lot of really cool things, and I think like you notice it a lot with like the voice acting like when they're talking the mouths are just basically like up down up down like that's it like and a lot of the shots that they can have like really aren't pushed as much as they could be like I love when someone has like really long hair because the way it moves and bounces is exactly like what I want from like the rest of the animation like I want them to have like as much thought I want them to be very you know have a little bit more fun with it not to be so like kind of conservative with what you have like you have these models that you can just literally do anything it's a lot easier to animate them at the very least because you're working off of something that's already made um versus having to redraw the same frame over and over but like they really are very safe with it which i think especially with this episode they could have really pushed like how much you know exaggeration you can get out of the character models especially as zombies like most of them just basically look the same with like their jaw missing and like sunken eyes the fluidity and quality of the animation is something Ryan has been talking to me about since 2012 and ruined Sailor Moon Crystal for me. So thank you. And one of the best moments in Sailor Moon, you're like, oh, look how they did the animation. They cut some corners there. And I'm oh, like, you know oh, what? You're oh. right. You're right. They did. And now that's all I see. You're so traumatized by it. it it's, it's common to cut corners, especially with big productions. But I think like when it's Marvel, like for this show, you know, mm like you watch things for example like overwatch with a lot of their character models and how they kind of exaggerate certain things it's very cartoony but it does an effect that's really cool whereas here they're like trying to be as safe like this is how the body would move like in real yeah. space whereas like you have an animated figure that you can really like push kind of um what you can think of in terms of like the the style of the show yeah yeah mm, i agree i agree all kidding aside, I agree. But you want to know, so Daryl, did you know who Kurt was when yeah. you were watching this episode? I didn't know who he was. And, and that was Ant-Man's roommate back in the movies. Oh. I thought that was a very strange poll. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm happy for him, but. I was like, okay, sure. Like you might as well bring back Thor's roommate from the YouTube <laughs> commercial. I look forward to seeing where they go with this story um in season two i think this is another i think this is probably the second one that we've seen that we know they're going to uh, incorporate this into season two the first one being captain carter we know what they've announced that they're doing captain carter again in season two and this is one that they can't deny they're gonna do another one um the same day that this episode came out 
Disney Plus was promoting like a Halloween watch list of all the spooky things you can watch. And this episode was already on it. So um, they're producing more content that's tied to specific holidays in the United States and around the world um, because we know they're pumping out holiday specials and they're pumping out Halloween specials now too. So this is the MCU's Halloween episode this year. We have a Muppets one coming up and we have a Star Wars Lego one coming up as well. So I think that this is money in the bank for them. They're going to keep doing one episode a year for as long as What If comes out with new seasons so that they can get that spooky episode in. Uh, agreed. I mean, it's, it's evident Disney Plus is going to take over streaming. It's only a matter oh. of time. They're almost there with Netflix. I forgot what the subscriber count is, but they're, they're roaring. They're not behind like HBO Max. You know, like they really, although HBO Max is doing the same day release and I'm curious where they're going to be after Dune and other movies. Oh, yeah. but, I mean, Disney Plus is light years, light years ahead of them. And it says something about the Disney brand. That's why, I mean, you have Marvel and all the other Disney stuff like you're, and you have the Star Wars series that's coming up, the animated one. <gasps> the Visions. Oh my God, that's yeah. so good. Uh, yeah. I like, can't wait they're set. One. They're stacking themselves up. And everyone was so angry at Disney Plus at first because they were like, they don't have enough content here. It's all the same repetitive content. And it's like, well, give it a year. Here we are now. Yeah, now we can't I was going to say, like, it took them a while. I think Mandalorian was a good start, but yeah, it took them a bit. Yeah, they came out screaming, though. And obviously, we have the next wave of Marvel shows coming. So it'll be exciting. Boys, where can the folks at home find you guys? Okay, well, uh, my Instagram is at aw underscore tucker 16 it's just my fun little instagram there's really nothing crazy there uh i'm on twitter at alex tucker 264 um so that's where you can find me you can find me at rye rye cosmos on all social media and support your local artists not just me but local artists nonetheless especially in a pandemic no less daryl do we know what the next episode is going to be no, they're keeping this shit so secret. And uh, I uh, I mean, we're recording this over the weekend. They basically announce, I think, Mondays at this point. Um, like some point Monday afternoon is when they usually post what's coming up. So we don't have to wait long to figure okay. out what's next. And I'm trying to think of all of the hints we've seen. But I think we've seen all the action figures at this point from the first wave because we saw Spider-Man with the Doctor Strange cape. So uh, zombie hunter Spider-Man. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what else is coming. How many more episodes do we have? I think it's 3, 4. four. It's 9. I think it's 9 episodes, right? It was supposed to be 10 and then La Pandemia yes. brought it down to proof yes. 4. And then um I think the only one we haven't seen yet is Gamora as Thanos. I think that's the only one that's still like a question mark. And, and is that the same one with Vision as like Ultron? Oh yeah, Ultron too. Oh. We haven't seen Ultron as well yeah. yet. So we there's one I think with there's a Thor centric one coming that I don't know. Oh, oh that's better. right, uh, Thor one. Oh man. Okay, so all exciting stuff on the horizon. Yeah. We'll be back next week. See everyone. Come on back next week, and we will break down some more and bullshit with you for another half hour. And that's this week's episode of What If. 
Join next week for our continuous coverage. Rate and review this podcast, and you can find Power of X-Men on Instagram at Power of X-Men. And find me on Instagram at Mac on Fleetwood. <laughs>